Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. And since it's Wednesday, I'd love to welcome back on the program, Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to speak to you. Kung Hei Fat Choi, wishing you a great year of the rabbit. Kung Hei Fat Choi to you too. I am. I had a wonderful Chinese New Year. How was yours? Yes, it was eventful. Um, we just went to our families uh, to, to visit my grandma and my mum. And then the kitties got a bit sick. So then we we stayed oh. home for a little bit. We, we went hiking. So we were away from other people. Yeah, it was a quiet one. Um, it's it's always nice to, to have a bit of a, a break and the kids being off school. Um, did, did you manage to go out and about a, a little bit? Yeah, I think I think we did. I actually don't remember most of it now it's but um i just love i just love chinese new year in hong kong i have um a friend who's quite new to hong kong and she was like what kind of what's the deal what happens with chinese new year and i was like oh my gosh you're gonna love it it's better than christmas it's so festive <laughs> and um you know i live in aberdeen so there's like loads of flowers and everyone's in just such a festive spirit and i just oh i love it I, that is one of my favorite times of the year I know it's so lovely. I, I do love I do love Chinese New Year here, and it's getting better. I think the the past few years it's been a bit sort of um, COVIDy, and people were, were exactly more, more worried. But exactly. I think this year we're we're sort of coming out of it, and people are enjoying themselves more. That's right. So that's one of the reasons I'm talking about what I'm talking about today, which is orchids, the flowers. Oh, yes, because nice. they are very popular around Chinese New Year. You know, there are a lot of little pop up flower shops near where I live, which have just sold these most incredible orchid plants. And they're not cheap, right? (laughs) I know, they are pretty cha-ching. Yeah, they really are. And I just sort of thought to myself, I mean, I I have a very dear family friend who has gifted me an orchid every time I've had a baby. So I've now got 7,000 orchids. (laughs) um, So it feels like, no, I've got three orchid plants um, and that we've had them um, since my girls were little and every, um, every year, even if we don't kind of maintain them they kind of bloom in unexpected ways every year and it's always this lovely happy surprise that they've kind of continued to survive um and i just think they're quite special but i wanted to know a little bit more about them for so long cruising yes 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 this is the thing they're quite if i if i if i it's like if i you know it's like that thing of a watched pot never boils like (laughs) a watched orchid never blooms if i look at it it, it it won't it will look like it's on its last legs like it won't just look like a sad old plant in a pot on my balcony but if we just forget about it for a few months it will come back and it will just be in bloom again I wonder if it's bloomed Amazing. now. I haven't looked at it for a while. I'm yeah. going to check after we do the column. Anyway. <laughs> it probably so, is going by the track record could be, if you don't look. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Um, so there are actually more than 25,000 documented species of orchids and scientists are finding more every single day. Um Scientists suspect there are more species in the tropical areas of the world and that horticulturalists hybridize the flowers to create new species that actually wouldn't occur in nature. So people are making orchids as well at the same time. Now, you can actually find orchids apparently on every continent except for um, Antarctica, obviously. But that's probably just because orchids haven't worked out how to live there yet. They're a very amazing, adaptable plant. Orchids also have a symmetry, which is very similar to human faces. So much of the reason that orchids are so widespread is 
thanks to us. It's thanks to our affinity for them and why we desire them. We want to grow them. And I'm going to get into some of some really fascinating stuff soon about the history of orchid um, expeditions. But one of the things that the symmetry of the flower could have a lot to do with why we're so fond of it. So the orchid has bilateral symmetry like a human face. So if you draw a line vertically down the middle of the flower, the two halves would mirror each other. So when someone looks at an orchid, it kind of is looking back at you. And in a way, that might be what kind of creates some sort of a primal level to us, sort of a fascination with it and why we want to keep looking at them and we enjoy looking at them. Um, Having said that, orchids are masters of deception. So they deceive insects into pollinating them. So the reproductive parts of many orchid flowers are shaped and colored to look like the kind of insects they hope to attract. Mm. Once the insect is interested, the orchid's pollen sticks to the bug until it flies off, right? But you can see there's so many different kinds of orchids that look, some look like bees, some look like other kinds of um, uh, insects. So it's really, really fascinating. Um, uh, of course, one of the most, I didn't realize this, but one of the most famous orchids is something that probably a lot of people would come into contact with every day, which is vanilla. Vanilla is a species of orchid. Did you know that? I had no idea. Vanilla, like the vanilla beans. Yes. Ooh. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a type of orchid. So it's sort of um, really, really fascinating in that way as well, that we, we do use them for all these different things. They're not just they're not just decorative. Um, and orchids are used in traditional Asian medicine, perfumes and spices uh, as well. Like I said, um, vanilla bean is actually an orchid seed pod. I did not know that before that, um, <laughs> before uh, this. Yeah. yeah. So it's very unexpected, all the different kinds of orchids that we have um, around the world. And um, as I mentioned, although it's a I'm tropical plant... I'm just trying to picture they- this, Cruz. I was just trying to think, if I ever run a vanilla essence, could I grind? Could you grind? <laughs> I wouldn't just go and rip up any old orchid, no. if I'm being honest. It's, it's a very specific very one. Yes. Okay, very specific one. Um, apparently, orchids also have the tiniest seeds in the world, which makes them a real challenge to grow and cultivate. Um, so they're actually very difficult to grow. It takes a lot of patience. The plant's first flowers won't appear until at least five to seven years after germination. Um, and so this, some of the house plants that you find in shops are often 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's, that kind of creates like, now I'm starting to understand a bit more about the value of an orchid plant, right? Because you're like, this isn't just someone planted a seed last year and it's gone through a few cycles of fertilization and everything else. It can take up to 10 years for them to be that way. And orchid plants can live up to 100 years old. Did you know that? I had no idea. I, you know, up until you said just now, I just thought because I'd never had an orchid plant um, during Chinese New Year before. We have other 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 things, but now that it's sort of like an investment, you can keep it forever and ever. No wonder people go out to the flower market and pick the best ones because they're just there to stay. Yeah, and and you would create this kind of meaning to it, wouldn't you? If you know it has that kind of longevity and you are able to keep it alive, it would seem very lucky. And if it died, you would feel terrible about yourself because you're like, yeah, it's got a pretty long lifespan. Um, I can talk a little bit about the historical um, symbolism and uses of orchids as well, because we do see that there's a lot, we see them in lots of different cultures with lots of different meaning. So in ancient Greece, the ancient Greeks associated orchids with fertility, and they use the bloom to predict gender. So with its various sized roots, orchids and kind of tuberous roots, um, you know, if they had large tuberous roots, it symbolized a male baby, while small roots symbolized a female baby. And 
as orchid, orchids are actually still a symbol of fertility today, especially pink orchids. So a lot of people, apparently this is something we, we often do for baby showers, growing families and newborns, which explains why I have so many lovely orchids from friends when I had my babies. Um, in Aztec civilization, power and strength were really important qualities, right? And they believed that this was symbolized by the orchid. So the Aztecs created their very own elixir by mixing vanilla orchids and chocolate to enhance these qualities in themselves. I could get behind this. <laughs> so um, whether we credit the orchids or not, you know, the Aztecs were once the most powerful empire in Mesoamerica, which makes sense if you were just huffing down um, vanilla and chocolate all the time. You'd feel fantastic. Um, in the Victorian era, uh, orchids were seen as a symbol of refinement and luxury and were cherished by royal and wealthy families. Um, this era saw the orchidelarium, um, which was families who did more than just marvel at the beauty, but became really obsessed with collecting orchids. And that's where we're going to, I'm talking a little bit in a, a little, uh, in a minute about orchid hunting, which is super fascinating, where people would go on these expeditions around the world. I'll get to that in a sec. Ancient China, a lot of med medical practitioners were drawn to the orchid flower to, to help treat really uh, brutal coughs and lung diseases, um, but they were also utilized for treatments for kidney diseases, eye diseases, stomach problems. And because there were so many different types of orchid, um, there was one that was known as the bamboo orchid was most uh, was often used in Chinese medicines. Now, I don't know enough about Chinese medicines to know now if that's the case or if you've ever heard of bamboo orchids and TCM. But um, No, I've not, I've not heard of it, but now I'm going to look it up and see what the yeah, uses so are. So there's a lot there as well. And then in Japanese culture, the fact that orchids could thrive in such a variety of environments, sort of mountain habitats, plains, stuff like that, created the sense that, wow, this is a real resilience here. And so this is um, that symbolism of the orchid has become very important as well in Japanese culture and that it would bring good fortune to people to be able to kind of overcome different adversities and difficulties. So um, I thought that was quite fascinating as well. But yeah, people also believe that if you ate parts in ancient Greece, people actually believe that eating um, different parts of the orchid flower would influence whether you had a boy or a girl if, um, for fertility, which is kind of like such a funny old, old wives' tale. I wouldn't recommend going out and eating orchids if I'm being totally honest. As I said, don't you know? We don't know yet. Um, <laughs> But um, I, I really Maybe love have this. vanilla instead and see yeah, what it Yeah, just predicts. have some vanilla. Yeah, just huff the vanilla ice cream down, see how you go with that. But, um, but yeah, as I said, it, it's been really beautiful to see the orchids around uh, where I live. And I think it's almost when you see them all together, it's quite remarkable. Like a whole shop full of orchids is quite, um, quite you know, quite spectacular compared to just one orchid plant on your table, right? Yeah. But um, I quite liked that um, Confucius, who of course was a, a Chinese philosopher, had a, a special affection for a specific type of orchid. Um, and he apparently cared for them in his own garden. And a lot of his poetry references the orchid flower directly. Um, one, quote, uh, one, sorry, one quote attributed to him reads, and of course this is translated from Chinese, so this is not how it said, if you were in the company of good people, it is like entering a room full of orchids. Wow. And I thought, actually, that's quite beautiful. I quite like that idea. It would feel that way, wouldn't it? Um, 
but yeah, so and I, I so now to the orchid hunting, which is super interesting. So in Victorian uh, era England, orchids being the symbol of beauty, harmony, elegance, luxury, Europeans they are exploring and colonizing the tropics, probably not very peacefully, and they discover all these new species of orchids. And when they brought these native species back to England, people became so fascinated with them that it created this really lucrative orchid trade. And so a lot of men set off on expeditions to collect new orchid species and bring them home to be cultivated and sold on the market. Um, there was even one man called Frederick Sander who became the orchid king. He amassed one of the largest collections of orchids in the UK and he claimed to have an orchid from every region of the world in his personal collection, mm-hmm. which is just like, you, you can totally visualize what that would have been like, that kind of, um, you know, the glass houses, the greenhouses, all of those sorts of things. Um, and you know, the thing is it also set apart orchids from other flowers was that, you know, anyone anyone could grow a flower, right? But the fact was that orchids being quite a complex um complex flower you were very wealthy and privileged if you were able to kind of cultivate your own at the time because you need to have had a a greenhouse and time right you know and and that's obviously you know a mark of, of luxury and privilege as well but what's interesting about the orchid is that, you know, they, they've existed for a very long time. Uh, people think that as a plant, they may date back as far as 50 to 100 million years, which is quite amazing, really. Um, and that's probably why they have evolved to have such complex pollination mechanisms. They've been evolving for a long, long time. Um, and so they've become increasingly specialized. Um, and as I said, you know, they can resemble the exact insects they're trying to attract. I mean, that requires a huge amount of evolution um, to do that as well. So I think that's super fascinating. Um, but as I said, you know, people were going you know, this orchid hunting and they'd go and try and find them and bring them back. But what I find um, is just like waiting for like a fantastic novel on this entire subject because I think it's really interesting. Um, it didn't... The uh, Orchid those, Hunters. The Orchid Hunters, yeah. It should be a film or a book for sure. Um, and it was it was known to be a very dangerous thing. So dozens of orchid hunters died abroad seeking these, you know, expensive rare orchids, mm-hmm. either from illness or accident or foul play for example, in 1901, eight orchid hunters went on an expedition to the Philippines. And within a month, one of them had been eaten by a tiger. Another had been drenched with oil and burned alive. Five had just vanished and only one had managed to stay alive. And apparently the last guy who walked out of the jungle, it's, it depends on the account you read. He either had 47,000 or 7,000, which is still a lot, orchids. Um, and so he, he sort of like came out with this sort of like the spoils of his mission. But I mean, it doesn't sound like the most, considering you're going after flowers, it doesn't really sound like the most, uh, the safest option. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, and the, the problem was also, of course, when we, we see people who've done this throughout history is just to go and take the things they like from another country. Uh, poachers would harvest so many specimens of orchids that they left no tubers to regrow the population. Um, so that was kind of a shame, you know, that they would take orchids from certain areas that then wouldn't grow back in those areas. Uh, so we never really know what could have happened there. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, people then of course you've got this association with these really beautiful things but then we have this it's evolved a little bit and by the 19 end of the 19th century there was a real connection between orchids and death actually (laughs) 
So because it wasn't people were trying to people you know, were dying trying to get them. Yeah, oh, people were dying trying to get them. But then also people started to see the orchids as deadly. So there were stories circulating about orchids found growing in graveyards and on human remains. Oh. Um, you know, so it, I can understand how it would have that feeling um, of just being a bit scary, and that you know you'd uh, but people were finding new varieties of orchids growing in cemeteries and and digging up graves to collect these flowers and things like that, which again just gives you a horrible feeling, you know what I mean? And and there was even a story of a sh- an orchid hunter who sent home plants attached to shin bones and ribs from graves um, and another that was growing from a human skull. Oh. Right, so it would make sense why you'd have this contrast of this beautiful flower and things. And of course, we know from actually uh, the complexity of how orchids grow, they often require um, a specific fungus to help them pollinate, which makes sense when you think of decomposing bodies just being matter, going back into the earth, being overtaken by fungus, which is breaking down that matter. That would have been a source of nutrition, and no, sorry, no, rather nutrition, nutrients rather, um, for a flower to grow. You know what I mean? So it makes sense they would have been near decomposition because that's where the fungus was. That's where those processes of the circle of life are taking place. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was really fascinating um, that it would be uh, that it was just this quite, quite, quite morbid in a way as well, isn't it, really? Um, I've never been. Have you ever have you got like a favorite kind of. Do you have you ever had orchids in your home? Do you have a favorite one that you really like? No, I've never had any orchids in my home before. Um, but I was just doing some googling, and Cruz, it's your birth flower for for your birth month of October. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I, I, yeah, it says here, exotic and gorgeous. The orchid represents the unique and delicate beauty that resides in each of us. And then, like our best traits, the orchid's beauty is complex and sublime. And then it links it to the the October baby. Yes. Oh, how fascinating. <laughs> what are the chances of that? And and you picked orchids. No, I've never had it, but um, I, I do like orchids because whenever I walk past in the flower market, um, I don't feel like it exudes such a strong smell. I, I've got, I'm quite sensitive to, to smell. Um, mm. So I don't particularly have a lot of flowers at my house, but then I do, every time I walk past the flower market, I, I'm not, um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't mind the orchid smell, but it's lilies that sort of um, make me sneeze a little bit. And mm. I, don't have hay, I don't have hay fever, but it sort of irritates my nose a little bit. But orchids are, are good. So I think I will look into it. But I would just feel so bad if, if they were, you know, to die in my care um, because they live so long. But I'll have to look, look it up and, and see how to uh, properly care for, for some orchids. Yeah, they're quite remarkable the um botanical gardens in um kind of mid levels in hong oh, kong yes. uh, hong kong park has beautiful orchids inside yes. actually some really spectacular ones and um you know I've, I've kind of zipped through before with children who are very impatient and sort of thought look at the purple flower isn't that pretty but now having a new appreciation for orchids i'm really looking forward to going and having another look and just um you know understanding a bit more and understanding why people find them so fascinating and beautiful as well Mm. Um, because they are very, very interesting. You know, they're not just a a house plant. They're um, an incredible... There's more species of... There's more species on the planet of orchids, four times the number of birds and four times the number of mammals. That's how many, you know, 25,000 documented orchid species. Um, We, You know, that's incredible. (laughs) Because the ones that we usually see for Chinese New Year is the pink orchid or, or the purple orchid. 
Um, yeah, they're yeah. quite famous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think those are also a similar style that you'd see. Like, I think when people go on holiday to Phuket and they clip one and put it on your napkin in the oh, restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Which my the... only other reference. Not that I've been on holiday in in a long, long, long time. But, um, I'm just, you know. Um, but yeah, but I think it's that they, they they have a real kind of like form to them, don't they? They're quite spectacular. Right. Anyway, that was orchids. Brilliant. Thank you, you so much, orchids. <laughs> and we'll chat again next week. Thank you so much for your time today. Take care. Bye for now. And I'm sorry, 